Welcome to episode number 16 of The Lobby, where we talk and make you feel like you are in the lobby of River City Church. So my name is Aaron. And I'm Becky. Once again, coming from the Morrow's Kitchen Table. We're back to our regular spots. Yeah. So I just couldn't stand looking at like the other wall. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, so Becky, this is going to be a special episode. A very special. The most episode. dramatic episode of The Lobby <laughs> ever. All right. So, so this is what we're going to do. So there was... I think we mentioned on the lobby several episodes ago mm-hmm. that down in our storage area downstairs, yes. several weeks ago, like one of the girls found your box full of stuff that you spent from like you spent two summers on a missions trip in Venez- in the jungle in Venezuela. Yes. So you were showing all the girls all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I mentioned this to one of my friends who at River City and they, you know, it's like, oh, the girls found this stuff from Becky's two summers in Venezuela. And they proceeded to say, what? Yeah. <laughs> Becky, wait, Becky was in the a jungle for two summers? Like, yeah. It's like, I suppose people don't know that. So, right. um, so all right. So, so I spent three months just traveling around the outback in Australia. Bopping around the outback. Yeah, so, and that was right after college, so uh, I think people probably don't know that. So, you have really godly, mature stories that you can share with that. I more have ridiculous stories. Right, things oh. that you're like, uh, <laughs> Like, like oh mean? my gosh, what was that? Anyway, <laughs> so, uh, so we're just going to share some of those uh, godly, mature stories and some of my ridiculous stories. Right. And then we are going to alternate, and it'll... Good times will be had. By it's gonna all. be emotional whiplash. <laughs> yeah, it really will. So, Becky, um, I would like you to go first. Okay. All right. Well, I think we could give a little background on how we went and okay. then, like why we went. Um, so, for me, like Aaron said, it was missions trips. So, I went. I spent two summers in Tamatama, Venezuela, which is in the jungle. We were right on the Orinoco River, not the Enya song, but like because that's like a song. The Orinoco flow. Anyway, so um, I w- we were on the Orinoco River. We were in the jungle. And the place that we were doing our missions trip was the Missionary Kids School Base. So we were with – my trip was with New Tribes Mission, which has since been renamed. Um, yes. And um, so we were there at the Missionary Kids School Base where there were a bunch of dorms and houses, and then we were helping. Our project was building a gym and helping with maintenance on different things there. And then we would go and visit different indigenous people groups and see like what the missionaries were doing there. Mm-hmm. So, so that this, was that. So this was right the summer after your junior year in high school then after your senior yes. year yes okay. so it was like around my senior year both summers and not very i mean that's not super normal to go back to the same place like it's not like oh everybody went back the second time and for me the first time was way more transformative the first time was way more transformative than the second one for a variety mm-hmm. of reasons so most of what i'll talk about is from that first one so one of the things that i think about and I think the world was a very different place, obviously, in 1995. Yeah. But even still, I'm super impressed that my parents were cool <laughs> with me going. Like, yeah. I don't remember it being a thing. I don't remember having to try to convince them. Yeah. I mean, they were just really cool with it, which mm-hmm. I thought was really cool. Right. So. Right. Yeah. 
Um, and Venezuela now is a very different place. It's like actually devastatingly sad what's going on in that country with people not being able to afford to eat in the cities. Like this isn't just in tribal places, but their political system's all messed up. And the place that I, wow, this is kind of a downer. The place, <laughs> <laughs> the place that I went called Tamatama, there's nobody's even there anymore. Not the missionaries, but not even the tribe, like the tribal people or the indigenous people groups aren't even around there because it got taken over by guerrillas, not the ooh-ooh-ah-ah, but, like, guerrilla warfare people, like, military, like, people who are against the military. (laughs) So it's just basically not even a thing anymore, which is really weird to think of because of what the circumstances are. But all that being said, that was, like, a super transformative, helpful life experience for me so what about you why did you go to australia so i grew up in river falls wisconsin Mm -hmm. and i spent my first three semesters at uw eau claire which is about an hour away and then i long story short i transferred back to river falls and i didn't live at home but i lived in an apartment off campus and i was an ra my last senior year but um so i think in hindsight I just wanted to get as far away from River Falls as I could. <laughs> now, if, if I'm in hindsight. So I had a friend who did this program through 4-H, and I can't remember what it was called. but So basically, if you graduate, if you have been in 4-H and you graduate from high you know, after you graduate right. from high school, they let you travel to any country in the industrialized world for what? for up to three to six months for really cheap. Yeah. So I was like, this is a really cheap way to travel the world. Yeah, for sure. So I, so I wanted to, I, I took two years of Spanish in high school. That's it. So that's all I know of, of <laughs> Any foreign other languages. languages. Yeah, <laughs> of, of foreign languages. So they spoke English in Australia. Yeah. So I was like, that sounds like a really interesting place too. So I'll just right. go there. I feel like as Americans, we have a very romanticized view of Australia. Yes. That is a rough place. Yeah. Like, they make jokes about themselves down there, about, like, we're all criminals anyway, because it was a penal colony for the British and everything. Um, Yeah. So, uh, now, it was a good learning experience. Mm -hmm. So, they, they set you up in a highly, highly unorganized, haphazard way. Right. Of shipping you around to different host families throughout the outback in Queensland. Yeah. So it was a really good learning experience because I didn't read the fine print of the program. (laughs) Yeah. So the fine, so the fine print was that like, you know, there's a, um, 4-H in other countries that like don't have host families and everything. But, um, what they don't tell you is that, these other countries they have different purposes for right. 4-H so in America it's a youth development experience yeah in Australia <laughs> it's an agricultural work experience <laughs> so didn't read the fine print well, with that yeah well I remember you going because you left after our first summer that we worked at camp together yeah and that totally was your impression because you were like basically i'm just gonna travel around australia go to different schools talk to kids about america 
yeah. play with some kids, essentially just doing the youth camp. development. Yeah, doing camp there. And I remember thinking like, oh, we should get you some little things of bubbles, which is funny thinking back on huh. that because you hate bubbles. But like, yeah. um, or like stickers or little temporary tattoos or little yeah. things you could hand out to the kids. Like I remember thinking that. Mm-hmm. and Yeah, it wasn't that. No, no, no it wasn't. So they, they, yeah, basically I just traveled around the out deep in the outback and um just hung out with some really rough people (laughs) (laughs) now i grew up on a farm okay like i hey that's my upbringing i get it right right but this was just different i feel like australia made your like agriculture life in australia kind of was um Camping to your River Falls growing up on a farm experience, which was glamping. Oh, totally. Because farming in western Wisconsin, it was like, it's like pampered chef compared to what's going on down there. <laughs> I mean, those people are just like, all right, we're working 18 hours a day. And like, I don't hire a mechanic for anything. Like, I'm, I am just like <laughs> building my machinery from scratch and just like, oh my gosh. Like, it is... Yeah. Wow. Real intense. Yeah. Intense. <laughs> Bunch of smart Alex down there. Yeah. Wow, dude. Yeah, because, like, in some of the Australians in the NBA, like, uh, Luke Longley, Shane Heal, um, Patty Mills, like, all this kind of crap. They're, uh, Andrew Bogut, they're a bunch of smart Alex. And yeah. that's because it's a culture. That's a culture, Wow, I'm huh? making huge blanket statements. It, it, there tends to be a general pattern of smart aleckiness <laughs> <And laughs> down there anyway so i didn't read the fine print it was a great learning experience for that uh um there are it is not a stereotype that kangaroos are everywhere it's true like squirrels i, I didn't think that was going to be true there are kangaroos everywhere that's so i mean funny. it is like herds and herds of them it's just like man they were everywhere like there was this freeway going through the middle of the outback that i had to be on to go wherever it is i was going Mm -hmm. seems like i was just going from nowhere to nowhere and they didn't even know where i was going they'd be like it was two days and it was two days ahead of time it's like i don't know where you're going next uh make us some phone calls you know i'm not gonna do an australian accent i was trying to get a shark tooth necklace down there too i never found one didn't you find one at the airport, or was that the the boomerang you I got think for that was your a sister? Boomerang. Oh man, they were really down on boomerangs. They're like, bunch of idiots made those. Like <laughs> that, those things don't work. I can make a better one, at, like with a tin can. Like whatever. Gosh. Okay, so like, yeah, there were. So they're on this freeway. I've never to this day have never seen so much carnage and dead animals. Like, oh, on, no. oh man, there was just emus and eagles and just um, kangaroos and. A wallabies and every kind of animal that was dead. You mean it was on this? And you're going 70 miles an hour and just whatever. Man, it was, it's like if a zoo got loose in America, man, but like, it was just regular. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so like we were driving around uh, on some dude's uh, plantation. No, wait, what did they call it? Pro- properties? Yeah, yeah. I think they called farms properties down there. So, um, so I had my hand out the the window. Yeah. And I was just you know whatever. We're just cruising along some kind of dirt road and something kind of hit my hand and I was like oh what's that so I'm like but they just it was it was a they hit a kangaroo and it hit my hand 
And and I was just like, <laughs> what? Yuck. Because like even even like the Ford Tauruses or the equivalents of the Ford Tauruses down there, I mean, they all have these things called bull bars on the front because you are just plowing into every animal that you can think of down there. It's just like all the utility vehicles, like all the, like the regular cars, they all have bull bars or else your vehicle is getting smashed at will. You think deer, getting deer is a big deal in the Midwest? No, 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 no. Like down there. You, anyway. What's your next thing? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Sorry. I can't I can't rebound from this. So oh, well, can I say Yeah. Like, so I was so far out in the middle of nowhere. So if you look <laughs> at a globe mm-hmm. and there's this little and on every globe. Yeah. There's this town called Longreach. Okay. On it. On the globe. So we're not globe. talking an atlas. A globe. Yeah. So no, no, no. On a globe. There aren't many cities on the globe. Right. So it's like, oh, Longreach. That must be a metropolitan metroplex right. in yeah. the outback. No, no. It has 2,000 people in it. <laughs> but it's the biggest thing? Yeah, because it's the biggest thing for like 10 hours, like even either direction. Oh, so man. like, but then like, you know, you you get dropped off by the great they have Greyhound buses down there. So you get dropped uh-huh. off by the Greyhound at Longreach, and then you have to drive by Ute to what? What? the utility vehicle. Oh. So you have to drive by... It sounds like a... <laughs> a yurt. Yeah. I was like, what? No, not a yurt. So you have to drive uh, six hours beyond that to to get to wherever you're staying in the middle of nowhere. Wow. Anyway. Wow. So... Yeah, like, there was this one guy, like, we stayed at his property for um, a week. That was the furthest out in the middle of nowhere that I was. And um, he owned 60,000 acres. Oh, my gosh. And he owned two rivers, and it hadn't it hadn't rained in three years. Whoa. And it was... It's intense. It's like, wow, you know, that's cool. Yeah. Wow. Intense. Anyway. It is. All right, so... What godly and spiritual Well, thing. I do have a godly and spiritual thing. <laughs> <laughs> So, when I was in Venezuela, we had team leaders. Mm-hmm. And their names were Tim and Diana. And they were married to each other. And they had a little girl named Becca. And I don't know if I was just at, like, a really, I don't know, formative time of life to see people who were leaders. Or if I was just really optimistic or ready to like them and I would have liked anyone Mm -hmm. but they I just learned a lot about leading well from them Mm -hmm. um and they were probably in their like late 20s and they're taking 15 people under the age of 21 to uh the jungle of a foreign country with their two-year-old daughter Mm -hmm. and I just like really respect that for starters um but one of the, like, some of the things I learned a lot about leading well from them is that they were just with us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they weren't kind of like, okay, you guys do your thing. We'll be over here just making a plan or doing whatever. But they were just with us and doing things with us, just being with us. And I, I thought that that was really, like, informative mm-hmm. for me. They prayed for us. Um, they prayed with us. We... They took us seriously, you know, all that kind of thing. Um, 
So Diana found out she was pregnant right before we left. So not only were they taking 15 (laughs) people under the age of 21, their two-year-old, and she found out she was pregnant. And she has those pregnancies where you feel like you're going to die the whole time. Mm -hmm. So she ended up getting really, really sick when we were there. And Mm -hmm. um, so, I don't know, just watching Tim, like, serve her really well and care for her really well in the midst of all of that and just, like, how they persevered through that um and also they had frustrations about things that were going on there that i didn't know about until way later because where because i grew up in waukesha and new tribes has well that's where i went to school and got a bible degree but so people would come back through there so we saw them again and we were making jokes about some of the food we had when we were there and they were like oh my gosh we thought because they weren't the people who ordered the food. They were like, man, we didn't know what we were going to know to make to eat sometimes because we thought we could have fresh fruit for snacks. She's like, it was the wrong time of year for that. They didn't send that kind of stuff. They had containers and containers and containers of margarine. They're like, I know, we'll order them 20 things of margarine. And, mm-hmm. you know, just so it was, I right. just really respected looking back on that, like, oh, they didn't drag us into any of that or have bad attitudes about it in front of us or mm-hmm. whatever. So anyway, I learned a lot about hopefully how to lead well from being around them. Mm-hmm. Back to the outback. <laughs> so I traveled around with this guy named Joseph from Switzerland. Uh-huh. His real name was Semi Matter. Don't you wish you could find him now? I've tried finding <laughs> Apparently, semi-matter is a very common... Oh. I don't know if it's like Joseph Smith. Yeah. Um, semi-matter is like a really common name in Switzerland. So right. I've never been able to find him on Facebook. but So it was like maybe uh, five or so of the weeks of, how, of what seemed like 20, a million weeks that I was there. Uh-huh. Um, we were there. We were with each other about, like, half the time. Okay. Joseph couldn't speak English. <laughs> so, so, I, oh, man. So, like, uh, so he didn't know what was going on. In fact, his English actually improved pretty, pretty good by the time, like, you know, we left. But, mm-hmm. um, so, or the last time I saw him, at least. So, but, yeah, he would... <laughs> We were, uh, for some reason, like, we were hanging out with this some guy in the middle of the outback who was making a saddle, and it turns out that the dude was a very zealous Jehovah's Witness. Oh. Did I ever tell you about that? I don't think so. So, and, like, so he started talking about, like, all this about this Jehovah's Witness stuff, and, like, I was just like, there's Jehovah's Witnesses in (laughs) in the outback? Seriously. Like, what's going on? Well, that's like my friends who were missionaries in a tribe in Papua New Guinea had Jehovah's Witnesses come to their door. (laughs) And you're like, what is happening? Wait, I thought we left you guys in Waukesha. Yeah, seriously. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. So so this guy is like talking on and on and on and on and on. So like Joseph doesn't know what's what's being talked about here. So, so, So when we get done with the saddle making Jehovah's Witness guy, so he... He, Joseph asked me in highly, highly broken English, like, was that guy a, and he looked it up, like, a pastor? <laughs> and 
I think I said, I think I said like, um, he's actually part of a cult. And so he looked up the word cult and he just like, Joseph looked at me and was just like, oh, oh man, oh man. Like, I don't know. It was ridiculous. But yeah, it was like, I also met this guy in the middle of nowhere uh, who he was, um, uh, gosh, what, what's the worst thing that can happen? You know, your, if your head gasket blows on your car. So he was replacing his own head gasket mm-hmm. on this vehicle. On, on a ute? On, on some, yeah, on some property. And this is like, I mean, we are deep, deep in the outback. <laughs> so, and he's like, where are you blokes from? <laughs> and, and I'm just like, oh, I'm from America. And he's like, America? <laughs> Like, I still think of that phrase, like, America! <laughs> like, I think of that actually somewhat often. And I don't say that out loud. So, <laughs> so, so we're talking for, like, four hours straight about whatever. And then, and this guy's a little off, okay? I mean, it could be argued maybe I'm a little off, too. So, so he starts saying, like, you know. You know about the Earth's axis, the axis of the Earth. I was like, "What?" <laughs> and he's like, "It's like if you if you're over in America and you uh, you mine some coal or uranium or whatever. Did I ever tell you about this? I, like iron or something okay. like that. And then you ship it across on the other side of the world and you build something with it there." If you have a basketball and you take out part of the basketball and put it on the other side, that screws up the rotation of the basketball. No. So he was like, you watch the rotation. More the the Earth's economy just like gets more global, more the Earth's access is going off the rails. <laughs> and I was just like, I just want to go home. <laughs> like, I just can't deal with this. Please get me like- out of here. Like, there's this, like, neighborhood. It's like, here's crazy towns. Like, you have the flat earthers, and then you have oh, this man. guy. <laughs> See, that's the guy I should be finding on Facebook. Like, that's good. Oh, man. What? Oh, gosh. Anyway. All right. What a godly things do you have to share now? <laughs> just, I feel like such a momentum killer. No, like no. This is the real momentum that we need to be I mean, having this on this like podcast. a Jesus juking your experience. Okay. Um... So I had, um, my team had 15 people in it, plus our leaders, Tim and Diana, and seven of us were from Waukesha and knew each other. So we met once once a week for prayer. Oh, yeah. Of Of course, like, this is just really juxtaposed to the, to the Axis guy, but like, um, so we got together to pray and, um... And I think as somebody who leads things, I would be a little bit nervous that, um, oh, wow, these seven people are coming from the same place. That's like half of our team. Is this going to be just one big click, you know? But it's, I think it was the way that God worked it out was that it wasn't a click. It was just like a first step towards unity because we kind of got it and knew each other. And then that just kind of spread to the other people on our team. And right. um, so we were able to really 
connect with the people from other places or people from Canada and Arizona mm-hmm. and all like all over America who are on our team. So mm-hmm. I think that was cool for me just to be a part of a group that had a lot of unity yeah, in right. it. And um, yeah, just how like our pre-existing relationships didn't weren't just unto themselves, but they were like used yeah. to draw other people in. So right. that was I thought that was really cool. And um you know, again, there were some missionaries who were in Venezuela who came through Waukesha and um, they knew that I had gone a second time, but they were home on furlough. And they were like, how was your second team? And I was like, I mean, it was good. It wasn't like our first group, but it was good. And they were like, we have seen so many groups come through Tama Tama because it's cheap to it was cheap to fly to Venezuela. Um, so they would have a lot of work teams come to help. And they were like, we've never seen anything like that team. Like, just the way that um, people, like, got along and worked together and just, like, the unity and camaraderie. They were like, we've just had never seen anything like it. Right. So that was cool. Yeah. (laughs) So, back to the outback. (laughs) There were a lot of animals. animals in the outback okay so there was this one week where i don't don't remember where we were like again deep in the outback people had their we had they had these really vicious dogs of some breed of dogs that were just really oh man these guys are brutal so like it's it's these guys who would just like be out in the middle of nowhere and they're on some kind of job like on a bulldozer like just Working 18 hours a day. Mm-hmm. So when you get done working 18 hours a day, you want to have a little fun. <laughs> Apparently, I would want to sleep. <laughs> sleep, too. But you're just like, okay. So they go pigging. What? Okay. So so they, get the, so they get the dogs. And then, so I was with some of these guys. And in a distance, they saw a wild boar. Oh, pigging. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they were like. And they were looked at each other and they were like, get the dogs. <laughs> oh, no. So I can't, I don't even know how to explain this. They put on this coat of armor on their dogs that looked like made very, out of leather. Kind yeah. Of? Yeah. Some kind of like thick leather. And they're just like, suit them up. You know? <laughs> so, like, so, so, so they had, uh, um, so then like they had the dogs like, chased down the boar they got him down and then they like tied up the boar and like then they put him in the back of the truck and the boar was so so mad and yeah he was, like, he was just like shards of his tusks were coming off and like oh my god just like wow this is what you do after 18 hours seriously like, that's apparently know. all you need to do i don't remember what they did with the boar oh my I mean, gosh nothing, i mean nothing positive probably but like yeah so there was this other time that i was driving around the ute in again deep in the outback so like <laughs> so this is everyone's deep out in the outback so i had my i had my window up and um so suddenly the guy who was driving i don't remember who was driving but like he swerved 
And this is on a dirt road. Like, he swerved. And, he, like, I saw he hit something. He hit a snake, and it was, like, flapping around then. Yeah. So then he starts backing up just to see if he actually killed it. Yeah. So, so I started rolling down my window just a little bit to see, like, what it is. And he's like, you don't want to do that. I was like, why? He's like, that's a brown snake. That's the second most deadliest snake in the world. If that thing bites you, you just go sit by that tree over there and you wait to die. Because <laughs> there ain't nobody saving you. Whoa. And I was like, Welcome okay, I'll just ooh, I'll roll that thing up. Because <laughs> he said, he said if it'll kill a child in one hour and it'll ch- kill an adult in two hours. So he's like, wow. you just wait by that tree and wait to die. So I was like, what's the... So apparently the deadliest snake in the world is also in Queensland oh. and it's called a taipan okay I don't know these things anyway I've, I've never tried to google that because I don't actually care anyway so so apparently the taipan is as deadly as the brown snake but instead of biting you once it bites you ten times oh so there you go well um <laughs> so there's that and then like there's this other time um so it was a drought and it hadn't rained in three years so there's just some animals there's just attrition with some animals they just die so like so there was this emu who which is like an ostrich okay their version of an ostrich so it's really big so it's just like um it's right there you know and so it was so um it was so malnourished that it couldn't walk Oh. You know, it, it couldn't get up to walk. Yeah. So it was just, like, there, and it was alive, and it was, like, you know, its ne- neck was sitting up and everything like that. So we just got out and, like, looked at it, and it's like, and, you know, Joseph and I were looking at it, and the guy that we were with, you know, was looking at it. <laughs> Do you remember this story? I have a Okay, idea. okay. So we were like, oh, it's cool. We're taking, you know, took a picture of it, because, like, you know, we're Ameri- from America and from Switzerland, whatever. And then we're like, oh, that's, oh, that's Really interesting, and you know you don't get to see one that that close right, in the right. wild. So, and then the guy we we're with, out in the back of his truck, just takes out this pipe, and he's like, "All right, time to finish it off." And then like, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, what? <laughs> I mean, who would, um, oh, oh gosh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Say that like, like growing up on a farm, it's like you know we. It's like sometimes you just had to do certain things, but like I don't know, like <laughs> it was just like time to get a. We never did it with a pipe. <laughs> I mean, I really. It's like, and it's just a dumb animal, like on the in the middle of. Oh, but still. Yeah, it's it's not oh your gosh. it's not your uh, cattle, who's you know it's just right, like right. some wild animal in the middle of some road. <laughs> Like, wow, that's so humane. Let's get the, get the pipe. I have two thoughts. Like, I don't know what Joseph looks like. But in my head, Joseph is like, you know, like the story of Heidi with her grandfather. and They live like in the Swiss Alps. He did have that accent. I, I just picture Joseph as like, in his heart, he wishes he was wearing like lederhosen. And then he's like, oh, I'm going to milk my cow and make some cheese and rounds and like this, this Swiss cottage. And then he is in the outback. And this guy's like oh, killing an emu. And then I also had this other, this other thought. You know how like children's books, they have 
patterns and rhythms with it. And, you know, the girls had this one called Sunny Saturday Morning, and it talked about what they did on a sunny Saturday morning, and that gets repeated. And every time you say, deep in the outback, I just think about what an inappropriate children's book that would be. <laughs> like, we piped an, an emu to death, deep in the outback. <laughs> we put armor on our dog, deep in the outback. <laughs> No, people. Everybody would read that book, or nobody would read that book. Yeah, probably, probably close to more close to no one. Anyway. All right. So, what, what's yours? Next? Well, I kind of have something that's animal adjacent. Oh, really? Like what? So it's about gnats. Oh, so man, where we I were. I remember these stories. Yeah. So we were, like I said, we were in Tamatama, and uh, they had gnats, and so they would flock around you like gnats, but they would bite you like mosquitoes. And I just had this, I don't know if we should call it like extreme optimism or just being dumb, but like I thought for sure that like the gnats will probably just bite everyone but me. (laughs) And I don't know if like I thought I was just like magic or or what, but I was like, I'll be fine. I don't, I don't need to like wear bug spray and I got bit so bad and I also thought the right thing to do was to wear hiking boots which in retrospect was an odd choice I was like better have hiking boots and you know how hiking boots they you know they're just regular laces and then they have like those little barb things that like stick up and then you you know weave your shoelace between that so I was wearing hiking boots and I scratched the back of my legs with those parts and I ripped up the back of my legs and got infections in it in my legs and stuff so um because I just have no self-control with itching and so I got eaten up so much and that stuff got infected and we're in the jungle everything's humid and prone to getting gross because of you know the humidity and stuff so um yeah, so I couldn't be on the work site, which, to be honest, I probably was not a big asset on the work site in terms of laying, like, cement block and stuff. Yeah. So I ended up in the kitchen because for, like, my own health and safety. Yeah. So I would cook every other day for our team for the whole day. So that was how I learned how to cook for big groups of people. Yeah. And that is still something that I do. Um, so I learned how to do that. We would, like... We'd have to cook a whole chicken to get meat. Like, we didn't have to, like, kill the chicken. It was in the freezer. But once we got a chicken, and it was actually a rabbit, and I was like, that is not a chicken. That's a rabbit. And so that was mm-hmm. weird. And I also learned how to make bread from scratch. And that was, it was in the jungle. Like I said, it was humid. And it's not like we had central air. And so the bread would rise super, super fast. And I thought that was normal. So when I went home, I was like, oh, I'm going to make bread. I have the recipe. And it didn't rise in 15 minutes, and I was throwing it away. And my mom's like, oh, what happened? I was like, well, it's not rising. I was like, how long did you let it rise? And I told her, and she was like, oh, uh, that's not how it works in America. You're going to have to leave it longer. But that was where I learned how to do a whole bunch of that kind of stuff. So you know how you really don't prefer, you know, like just um, sweating? (laughs) Yes. So how do you? Yes. I don't know how. I had an incredibly good attitude i was really excited i was really cheerful and i made it a goal that i would just never complain mm-hmm. and i yeah. i just 
didn't. Right. So I think, too, I mean, it wasn't always incredibly humid because we had to wear long sleeves sometimes. Um, not hoodies, but just like a long sleeve T-shirt to, like, protect ourselves mm-hmm. from gnats. And it wasn't debilitating, right. you know. So I think it was humid. And then, I like, when it would get dark... It wouldn't be as hot. And I slept in a hammock every night, and that's cool because the air is circulating all around mm-hmm. you. So, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't as bad as I would have thought. Right. So, hmm. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, back to the Outback. Back to so, the Outback. So the, the craziest story I can't tell because this is a family podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about this. Anyway. Uh, can't tell that one. Um, so, so I was on a bus driving down the coast for like ten hours. Yeah. In the middle of the night. Um, and there's so the spring break version. You know, it's like all right, let's go to spring break to uh, to Cancun and blah blah. Okay, so. Their version of that down there is called uh-huh. schoolies. Schoolies. Yeah, which <laughs> sounds like such an Australian thing. Yeah. Schoolies. Schoolies. Anyway, so schoolies was going on. So there's just like a million like, because I think maybe I'm, I don't think I'm wrong with this. Like schoolies was that schoolies was actually like 14 and above. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Wow. So you just go. So there's the Gold Coast and the I can't remember the other coast anyway, but it's like around the Brisbane area. Uh huh. Um. People call it Brisbane, but it's actually Brisbane. Okay. Mel- I'll make sure I say it now. Melbourne but... is, isn't is Melbourne. It's Melbourne. Melbourne. So you can always tell who the locals are. Oh, I'm going to sound like a local now every time. Okay. So uh, so I'm on the bus in the middle of nowhere, uh, going down the coast uh, with all the schoolies and like some uh, rough around the edges older people. Anyway, so like we're going down and then the bus breaks down <laughs> in, at three in the morning. Like in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, and the bus is dead, dead. Oh, jeez. Okay. So, um, so everybody is just angry. Mm-hmm. And um, so like the so every area of Australia has is very loyal to their own kind of beer. Oh. So in mm-hmm. Queensland, it's four X and four X Gold. Okay. It's like XXXX. X, X, X. Oh, okay. They call it 4X. I don't know. That makes sense. Um, like 4H, but 4X. So, <laughs> so, uh, so everybody drinks that. Like, that I knew of at least. Anyway, right. So, so like everybody's just like starts breaking open their 4X like on the side of the road. Like the 14 year old? Like the, the schoolies? Everyone <laughs> was. <laughs> And then, <laughs> and then there was this old lady who I was talking to, and she's just like, she's just like pounding her cigarette, you know, just like, you know, and she's just like, she's so mad that she's like in the middle of nowhere at three in the morning. Oh. She's like, so like the the euphemism for um, getting drunk down okay. there is called uh, getting on the piss. <laughs> So, so this lady's like, oh, I should have gotten on the, I shouldn't have gone on this trip, and I shouldn't have gotten, gotten on the piss. Like, I don't know, <laughs> she, was, she was just so passionate about that. Anyway, so, so it was, it got a little, you're like, got you a little are crazy. somebody's grandma, okay. Got a little crazy, <laughs> man. So, like, there was this, uh, there was this one time, there's one week, um, I was on, 
the I think it was the same week as the as the Earth Access guy. Oh. Like that week. So Joseph and I were they didn't have enough room for us in their house, but they had um um room for us along with this other guy who lived there permanently, um, in this shed called the workers quarters <laughs> and whoa it was a it was not glamorous oh my god it was it was rough anyway so oh my gosh it was it was crazy it was i can't tell you how crazy that was so the dude was like in a really like and he wasn't kidding and he was just like hey uh that's where you're staying right there. So with like Joseph and I went in and he's, and he's like, oh, hey, by the way, like, um, there's a possum living in there too. It's like, what? what? What did you say? Did you... Where? In there? Where? <laughs> Can you tell me a where? Because, and he's like, and you can't sleep outside because like, there's like the really dangerous snakes are out here, you know? Um, so... I was like, ah, oh, take my chances with the possum. <laughs> so, so Joseph and I were, sli- were sleeping in there. And then, like, apparently, like, the one guy, he's like, I don't think he was joking. He was just like, yeah, there's a possum in here somewhere. Like, because a few days ago, it's like I was in bed and, like, I just woke up and he was, like, really close to my head. And I was like, oh, crap, you know. So, but, uh, yeah, we heard rustling in one room one night. And I was just like, ah, oh, man, I just want to go home. <laughs> anyway, so... But then there was, uh, they had maybe 20 or 30 dogs, you know, because... <laughs> 20 or 30? Yeah, so, many. but they were, like, uh, they were... Workers? Yeah, they were herd, they oh, were herding yeah, animals yeah. and everything. So it's, like, oh, man, it was just, they were just brutal, though, because, like, it was, like, hey, this, this dog isn't... Like, there was this one lady, um, I think it was the, the late, um, the woman who, who lived there. She was just, like, well... This one dog, he's not doing his job very well, so I shot him. <laughs> whoa! Oh, man, I was like, whoa, I better get going on my work. <laughs> You're like, I don't think you realize I grew up on a cattle farm. None of yeah, milking. whoa, man. We didn't so, work that So then there was this, um, there was this other, uh, oh, yeah, because there was, so there were maybe like four workers there and mm-hmm. they were just like man this one dog he's just like getting real frisky and everything like that he needs to be fixed okay mm-hmm. um so i was like oh i wonder if they're just gonna call the vet <laughs> <laughs> so we all went out and then like and there was this ca- uh, this thing that you hold down cattle with that you mm-hmm. like twist down you know and then like you just so, like, the, they put the dog on it and, like, twist it down. And then, like, I'm not joking. The dude, like, one of the dudes, like, got out his pocket knife and just whipped it open. <laughs> and then just, like, and then, like, the dog's like, woof, 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 woof. <laughs> and, then, and then he just, like, like, dug the things out. Okay, what do you need to? And the dog's like, and then, like, and then they're just like, all right, let him go <laughs> And I was like, oh my god, what's going on? <laughs> and then like Deep in the outback. <laughs> and, and then they let him and then they like let him go. Then like he was just like hopping and everything. I was like, what? Can you, you didn't even what hey, I am not Mr. Animal 
humane society guy. But like, are you? Did that just happen? Oh gosh, God! It's just like, oh my gosh. Okay. Wow, you gonna clean that jackknife? <laughs> like, what are you doing? He's man? like, time for lunch, and he like. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Want some apple? No, oh, no, I'm stop. Good. All right, what's all right? Let's go to Venezuela. All right, what do you got going? On? <laughs> I just don't even know what to say. <clears throat> well, one time, uh, okay, so one time there. We were about around all these different like tribal people, like in their different um, people just from different tribes around us, and they would come in and sell us things, you know, like souvenirs or whatever. And um, so I did not really know Spanish, but uh, they didn't really know Spanish either. So I knew that to ask how much was to say cuanto cuesta, right? Mm-hmm. Is your two years of Spanish? Okay, so <laughs> so I was like, uh, uh, "Cuánto cuesta?" And they just looked at me, and I was like, "Well, maybe if I use a different inflection, that'll help." And I was like, "Cuánto cuesta?" <laughs> That's what I, mean. I was like, "Cuánto cuesta?" Cuánto cuesta? And they just like looked at me because I was not speaking their language and probably misspeaking Spanish, and then. I reached back into the recesses of my brain and I remembered my brother saying how when they were in Spanish, they would say, um, Kunto Quinta a lot. No. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God. I was like, well, that sounds similar. Maybe I have it wrong. And so I was like, Kunto Quinta? Kunto Quinta. And then oh. still nothing happened. And then I remember telling my brother that. I was like, Jay. Uh, so I was trying to buy something from these people, and I was like, Kunto Quinte? And he was like, Becky, that's somebody's name. It's like you from were... Africa. <laughs> I know. I just didn't know. Like LeVar Burton played that guy in Roots. <laughs> so oh I was essentially God. just saying to this person, like, Aaron Morrow? Oh, Aaron Morrow. <laughs> Aaron Morrow. So I, that, I'm sure I was a hit with the people who didn't... Uh, who we couldn't speak together. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was uh, good Good on my part. Yeah. So there was this one time that we, um, the Great Barrier Reef is down there mm-hmm. off the coast of Queensland. Mm-hmm. So you just pay this guy who does boat tours or whatever, and you just... So we, we went on this boat for literally three hours it was a literally a three hour three tour hours so we tour. stopped after three hours we stopped at some island so far out that you can't <laughs> see anything else mm-hmm. like by far we hadn't been able to see anything for the time. so and so we did a bunch of snorkeling around there and all that kind of stuff so um now this island was really small and it was like you were on Castaway with Tom Oh. Hanks. Like, it was, like, that level of remoteness. And, like, wow. this <laughs> Like, it was, it was like, smaller than the Lost Island. Oh, you know? yeah. But, yeah. anyway. Um, so, the guy's like, hey, um, 
you know, if you want to, if you want to stay here for a couple weeks, just let me know, and like, I'll just, I'll just come, pick oh. you, I'll just come pick you up again. I was like, I realize there's cultural differences. <laughs> <laughs> like, do, do you think I would say yes to that? Like on this island, no one's on this. No, no, no. Like, I, there is no one on this island. <laughs> What? How would you even I would, live? I would still be there. <laughs> well, I'm glad you didn't go. So what? Did they have uh, natural food items? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there was a hatch on yeah. it, the island. <laughs> You're like, did not ask oh, follow-up questions. Oh, man. Then on the way back, that's that's the first time that I ever truly realized what motion sickness was and how I struggled with motion sickness. Yeah. Because like, there were two people out that were just puking the entire way back off the back of the boat. Yeah. And, because this was not a huge boat. By any no. Means. And uh, it was me and this eight-year-old. Just we, you two. Huh? Yeah, we just puked the whole time. Oh. <laughs> hey, Great Barrier Reef. Hey, Great Barrier Reef. Just want to leave part of myself here. Oh, <laughs> God, gross. it was terrible. But I think I think when I got back, I, I remember thinking, like, I appreciate my friend's a lot more than I ever have. And I think I really took friends for granted. Yeah. You know, and just like, you know, I didn't really have strong language for it back then, but like just really biblical community. Yeah. I didn't really have like a vision for that. Mm -hmm. It was like, wow, like that was a long time to be alone. It would have been a long time to be alone, even if I wouldn't have had like crazy experiences and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And like, uh, even up until that point in my life, up to that point in my life, I had never read the Bible as much as I did because, mm-hmm. well, there's no internet. <laughs> and you know what? Well, I'm, and also, it was like, it's, the internet wasn't what it was now then either. You know what I mean? No, like, I mean, no. I had my truth mail account that we would email on when you were there. Oh, that's right. Because we I did email. About, yeah. You called me once from the <laughs> middle of nowhere. Yeah, your friends was like, Aaron's calling from the Outback. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, and I think it's interesting, like, uh, so River City is part of the Acts 29 Church Planting Network. So there's actually, I don't know if I've ever told you about, about this, like, so there's actually some churches that have been planted over the last few years in some not all for sure like mm-hmm. some of the towns that really? i was really like i remember praying for, i mean i'm not saying i was like some kind of like varsity level missions trip like of course not you know yeah, but like yeah. i remember praying for those towns and just like yeah um yeah that's really, cool yeah so it's really interesting seeing that but, yeah but yeah so that's wow that. man maybe we should do an x29 trip we could go there I would places. never go there alone. But never. I would go with you. I'd go <laughs> yeah. with you. You'd have so much more fun with me than with Joseph. You bet I would. Not <laughs> <laughs> to take anything away from Joseph. But. Yeah, no kidding. Um, anyway, do you have anything else you want? Yeah, I do have a couple, a few things. Well, here's my, uh, my like, godly comments about it. Um, so... I learned, because I think when you're a teenager and stuff, you look at people who are professional Christians and think that they're just so much better than everyone. And, mm-hmm. like, so, like, you're like, they must have quiet time for 10 hours a day or whatever. <laughs> and I just really learned that, like, that just wasn't the case. Like, missionaries no. and pastors, they're just regular people who, 
you know, miss their families. And I would write letters. There were, like, some families that I would write letters to all the time. And when I went back, they were like, you are you're the only person who ever wrote to us consistently, which, and I mean, my senior year of high school was really easy because I had gotten all my important credits done. So I would just like write letters during class, uh, which I suppose like now people just text on their phones during <laughs> class, but it looked like I was taking notes. Um, so I think, yeah, I just learned that they were just regular people and, you know, so I thought that was helpful. And then one of the things I mentioned too is like just being around different um, indigenous people groups and stuff was really like interesting and super formative and you know we were there was um the Maikiritati that's like a tribe that was down there we there were some people who lived right where we were and then we went and visited another village and then there were um there's another people group called the Pieroa and we would we hiked there once and got to visit a church service and um it was one of those where it was like a three-hour church service in Piaroa in their language and you know for the first half hour you're like praise god he understands the praises of their (laughs) native tongue just as he understands our praises in english and you just start out feeling so like good and just wow how yeah Yeah. how majestic god is to be able and it's true but then when you hit hour three you just kind of move past that (laughs) (laughs) so i mean and it was like people just like stand up there and sing their specials in a different language and we were just kind of like make it stop and we were (laughs) we were just like I mean, I don't think, generally speaking, we were ugly Americans. Like, But, I mean, we were just, like, done. Because it was, like, this conference that they were at. But one of the things that was interesting there was I got to hold a baby. And, of course, I have, like, the girl holding a mission strip baby picture. But I just remember, like, holding this tiny little baby. And I smelled her head. Because it's always fun to smell babies' heads. And she smelled. Wait, what? Well, this, I think all the women were like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all really. the men are like, wait, what? Because babies always like smell so good, you know? Okay. No, and... I believe you. I just don't know. <laughs> so, um, and I smelled her and I just expected her to smell like soap, you know, like America oh, smells. Right. Like, you know, because babies have that smell. And I smelled her and she smelled like a campfire because that's what her house smelled like, you know, because mm-hmm. they, that's how they cooked and stuff. So, I don't know. I just remember thinking that was super interesting and like I don't know I just thought it was cool that she just smelled like where she was in a really good way um and we visited a place too where um people were asking for missionaries to come because that you know and I mean I think a cynic would say like well they know that they get medical treatment and they know that you know all sorts of other stuff come with that too but they had those things and I think they kind of knew what was sort of missing um in that respect and then we went and visited we flew in a little six-seater airplane which was how we flew into tama thomas we took that little airplane and we flew to a yanomami tribe and that was super interesting because that that is like you were plopped down into the national geographic magazine and um yeah it was that was super interesting and one of the things that i really like that I respected even at the time is that 
the missionaries didn't try to Americanize the Yanomami people. They weren't like, okay, now you wear this T-shirt. Okay, now you wear these shorts. I mean, they they had modesty within their own culture that to us would be like, oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) But it was, you know what I mean? Like, that was one of those things. And, um, you know, I have this picture now um, that I took when I was down there. And now that I'm a mom who's had a child who has had lice, um, there's a mom literally picking nits out of her child's hair, and oh, I really? it's in the background. And I saw that because I went, I brought my stuff in, and I talked to I think it was Leah's kindergartner first grade class about it, and I saw that picture, and I was just like, oh my gosh, this is a universal mother experience, you know? Because I did that, yeah. and there the mom was literally like picking nits out of right. her kid's hair. Huh. But yeah, I don't know. So that was super interesting. Um, and we were there in in that tribe, and um, we ate because the missionaries would have like food that you would find and source there, but then they would also have like other ingredients that would get sent in from the city. So we ate lapa, which is basically an R O U S rodents of unusual size <laughs> in Princess Bride, but they, like they weren't violent. But it was yeah. So we ate that like in a casserole it's like oh that's cool um so that was super interesting and i think just like it was i think it was one of those things that was super obvious that okay these are people who live very very differently obviously than me and they need jesus um and so that was that was helpful and um and then i think i remember working at crescent lake bible camp later and having a camper who grew up in this little town in Wisconsin and she'd never heard the gospel before either and that was just like what like she didn't even know what like that Jesus was the reason for Christmas and you know it just was super interesting to me that like people look different in all sorts of different places but like we all have like the same basic need for Christ obviously so Mm -hmm. that that was like a big takeaway for me with Mm -hmm. that as well yeah you can really be on mission everywhere yeah yeah so yeah there we there we have that sounds good cool well how about um i don't know so we'll maybe do a little bit more of this later sometime but yeah i mean because we're kind of long i don't know if you have any more points Nah, i I mean i i could come up with like right a lot more ridiculous stuff but like it's all good yeah i think (laughs) i think we've got it i'll I'll get right on that children's book Okay. Deep in the outback of Australia. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully, like, the risk access doesn't come off, come unhinged in 2020 as well. Yeah. That would be great. <laughs> That's all we need now. All right. All right. Thanks for joining us in the lobby. Bye.